Hey, hi. Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the original podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is The Other Thing I Do. My guest this week is Cody Smith-McPhee, an actor you may know from his roles in The Road, Let Me In, and Paranorman. He also starred in John McClane's Slow West and the last wave of X-Men movies where he played Kurt Wagner, also known as Nightcrawler. In writer-director Seth Larney's 2067, he's cast as a young husband offered the chance to save humanity by traveling into the future to find the solution to a looming global extinction, but that means leaving behind his beloved wife, possibly forever. It's available on VOD right now from A71 Entertainment. Cody picked Mr. Nobody, Jakob van Dormel's 2009 Fantasia about the many lives of a man named Nemo Nobody, who's played by Jared Leto. Built equally out of digital effects and whimsy, the movie shuffles us through the infinite possibilities of Nemo's existence. He's the oldest man in the world, he's a young man on a terrifying voyage to Mars, he's married to women played by Diane Kruger, Sarah Pauly, and Lynn Danfam, and through all of these visions, the story keeps returning to a crucial moment in Nemo's childhood, a moment that defines everything and nothing. This is someone else's movie. I will say that there was obviously a couple options, but some of them may have been done before. So I did choose 2001 Space Odyssey, Mr. Nobody and The Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix, I feel like, you know, everyone gets the gist of why that was so amazing and, and what, it, what it did for the world and cinema world. Um, and 2001, I believe, was done before. Yeah. But um, Mr. Nobody, I had only recently watched, actually. My, my partner showed it to me. And um, it reminded me of kind of like a butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. but one on steroids, like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to say done right. Cause I wouldn't ever want the butterfly effect to not exist, but this, this was, this just tripped me out. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I feel like I don't even know how to put my finger on why I love it. I think obviously the filmmaking itself is so, so different because it's like jumping into a new film every 15 seconds, every time he <laughs> dies and comes into another life. Um, the clothing, the filters, the lenses, all that stuff. It, it keeps changing throughout the film, which is such a cool element to work with. Um, but also I think I just love the kind of, I don't know if you want to call it spiritual sci-fi or just like straight up quantum physics or something, but the element that that shows that like he's, he's simply, uh, it really shows you the observer, which is a, a big thing is spirituality. You know, you talk about what you identify with, which is your personality, uh, which is a, an accumulation of what you sponged in from your environment and your peers, parents, mm-hmm. um, teachers. And one day we find ourselves within the seat of what we call ourself. And we defend that with all our might, even to our death. We even debate people over it um, politically, uh, sports, um, all this stuff. And uh, yet, do we really know what we're defending if we if we don't know the core of what we identify with? So that's something I've like um, followed passionately in my life is to understand who and what I am, and um, to come to the realization that you're somewhat nothing, or at least nothing to do with what you thought you were, is it's amazing. And I think that's what Mr. Nobody conveys. It's kind of like, it's like a paradox. It's not that you're nothing. It's like when you become nothing, you become everything in a way. But yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. It's, my take on it was that it is about the 
Like it's about the filmmaker trying to wrestle with both the philosophical idea of the infinite possibilities of uh, what a child can be ultimately, because that's the perspective yeah, yeah, that yeah, it yeah. starts with. Yeah. But also the toy box of digital effects that Van Dormel had never, like, I don't know if you're familiar with his other work, but he's, no. he's not that guy. He's not an effects no. guy. He's, he made films like um, The Eighth Day, uh, which is about the relationship between an, uh, an, an adult, huh, how can I put this without sounding dismissive? It's, it's a, the, his concepts are very reductive previously. Mm. Um, it's about the relationship between an adult and a mentally challenged man who he takes under his wing. And it's, right. it's an incredibly cliched setup. And some people have issues with the way it's executed, but he's trying to do something very earnest. Mm-hmm. And so is Mr. Nobody, but Mr. Nobody is doing that through all of this CG. I mean, it's every Volkswagen commercial that was made that year. It's <laughs> yeah. happening, right? I mean, you just, you have the sense that it's, and if you believe the idea that the whole film is itself the, 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 what's the term? The, like the primal stew of this, of this child's character. He probably just saw that on television and he's incorporating it into his, yes. into his perspective. And, and that's incredibly ambitious and really difficult to get across but it's also rooted in this pain of an adult looking back at a choice he didn't know he was making when he made it. Yep. That's the yep. thing that I cling to. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because I'll be honest with you, I hated it when I saw it in 2011. Yeah. I just... I agree with you in the sense that when I'm watching it, yeah, if I didn't have the philosophical traits that I do and spiritual and all that stuff, I would think, man, this is another cheesy... You know, This is when Jared Leto picked something wrong. <laughs> no, this is not. It, it just yeah. it just felt you could be taken the wrong way with the, mm. how outgoing and quirky it was at times. Yeah, it's a huge um, swing for Van Dormel, but that's all he does. Like he makes these huge emotional reaches. Uh, his subsequent films, which I haven't seen because they didn't make it over here, are apparently improvised live recordings of and no one is going to get this on the podcast because it's audio of shots of hands being little feet, like fingers being like, legs walking through I landscapes. There's two of them. If you check the IMDb, that. I now need to see them because I didn't know yeah. they existed until yesterday. And I'm just floored by the possibilities. I love it. I feel like ever since I, well, I've always had a love for surrealism. Mm-hmm. I've always had a love for Salvador Dali because it expressed the most, um, uh, subconscious kind of places in our recesses of our mind that we hardly even know uh, are there. Most of us, mm-hmm. and some people don't even know it's there, and they and they love Salvador Dali, and they don't know why they love it. And then for me personally, I've experienced a lot of crazy stuff like astral travel and uh, maybe or maybe not psychedelics, but okay, it has expressed another alternate perspective of life to me, and so that's why I know I love surrealism and stuff like that. Um, and where was I going that I, I, oh yeah, ever since I watched, um, cause I was, I was trying to look for where I could find surrealism in film. And, um, there was a bunch of old, like forties and fifties ones that were around and they were pretty cool. But, uh, I feel like I hit the nail on the head when I found David Lynch. Cause I'm not really one to actually be like, like yourself. I'm really honorable of, of what you do because I really don't watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I often got my head in books and stuff like that and it's often the subjects and books that make me go out and try and find a movie like that um but what did i see what's uh a race ahead yeah yeah uh, that one 
it just tripped me out because I know most people wouldn't get it and they just feel disgusted by it. But at the same time, it, it tickled that place in me that loved the stuff that didn't make sense because in a way it, it subconsciously made sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so ever since that, I have, a real, I have a real like broad range of what I, I, I like in movies. And that's why 2001 Space Odyssey sits well with me. I feel like with some people it's so slow and it's a F it's a job to watch that. But I don't know. I look for anything that's different, that's done differently. And it just, I honor it. Cause I'm like, man, why didn't I think of that? It's just like, so it, it can be silly sometimes, but it's, it's so genius in the way that it is so simple. Yeah. Like the hands. I love that. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I really need to see how that works. I mean, yeah, that's the, funny. Is there a score? Is it improvised music? How do you actually create emotion when you have no, no faces to connect to? But I the, love that. But Mr. Nobody, I'm thinking like, I'm trying to place Van Dormel's, what he does in this film within a context that accommodates Lynch, but they're so completely different. Like Lynch is so obsessively handcrafted and so mm, textural. Mm. And so much of Mr. Nobody intentionally is superficial surface imagery. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, True. I mean, it opens a door to something else and it's it's about that glossiness. I, I don't yep. think that's a negative that it's that it looks like it does, but it's really... You know, coming back to it for this, I, I realized there's so much going on that is supposed to be on the surface because it's really not important. It's it's all mm-hmm. the like the trip to Mars is in a lot of ways a child's fantasy of what going to Mars would be like. Because yeah. when children are children, they're like, oh, I want to be a fireman, I want to be an astronaut, and it really is that simplistic a realization, mm-hmm. an execution of that idea. So it's yeah, the intentionality is there. Like he knows what he's doing, and he's doing it very clearly and and i have to say i did not give jared leto enough credit for that performance because he is doing different Mm. things in different tones and different sequences yeah yep and um this is the other weird thing um we two weeks ago i released or just no a week ago today i released an episode with sarah polly talking about the thin red line of all things which jared leto is in Okay. Uh, and then in the course of that, she kind of casually mentions, well, you know, I've worked with him and, and it's like, oh, right. Of course you're in Mr. Nody together. I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she goes and makes stories we tell, which is a film about the creation of a personality. I mean, it's ultimately, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a, a documentary. Right. Okay. It's tremendously good. It's a movie about her family, about her, her mom who died when she was a child mm-hmm. and what happened after that and, and the stories that came out about her parents' relationship. And then of course, it's her origin story. She's telling a story mm. of how she became who she is. And mm. one of the most important moments of the film of stories we tell in the narrative happens when she gets a piece of information and she's reading it on her iPhone and she's dressed in the, it's a photograph that was taken by a publicist uh, and she's dressed in the Cro-Magnon costume from Mr. Nobody. And so Whoa. here we are again, talking about that and it just yeah that's trippy it knits it all together in a really weird way which i think is just fascinating and kind of what what the movie's about that is what i love i love yeah i might not convey this correctly but there's a there's a i'm into symbolism ancient symbolism and there's one symbol it's called i don't even know how to say it properly ouroboros ouroboros snake eating yeah Yeah, and i'm like if someone can do that with a movie like I don't know if you can make a movie somewhat of a fractal of what you're experiencing in life. I think that's a very fascinating thing to play with. Um, yeah. I, I want to achieve that myself one day. That's why I'm yeah, studying a lot of, a lot of these movies now 
um, when I didn't before because I had my head in books and stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to look for the influence of how I can make that my own and and how I want to convey that message myself. But yeah, memento. I don't know if that really. That's not really. It doesn't have to do with identity. It doesn't have to do with sci-fi. But it's another cool way of telling a story. In, in, in a revolutionary way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is kind of a thing. time travel film if you see it from the perspective yeah. of the, the audience, right? We're going yeah. backwards and forwards at yeah. the same time. Yeah. It, yeah, it feels kind it. of strange that, that Nolan ultimately did with Tenet what he did with Memento 20 years later. And in, in the storytelling, which goes backwards and forwards, you, you have this same thing where what it's really about is a filmmaker who's obsessed with this one concept that he can't let go of. Yeah. Um, coming back to when it. When I saw him... I uh, saw so on Instagram one day, like he had a whiteboard and he was he was drawing a graph of how Memento is actually watched and how one story coincides and then they both meet at the... I was like, yeah. whoa, that has blown my mind. And if I can do something like that, that would be awesome. I just, I love that. I love that concept. Yeah. And Mr. Nobody does it in a different way, which is like dropping a, mm. a drinking glass and watching it shatter. Mm-hmm because we're seeing all of these potential fragments. And, and again, that's what hit me this time is just how sad it is, is that yep. ultimately you're watching someone process a tragedy he doesn't fully understand mm-hmm. through you know a comic book perspective, because that's mm-hmm. all a child will have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Wait, so remind me, the trauma that the that the child went through. Maybe I'm missing something. Oh, it's just the the idea that he thinks he chose which parent that he. Oh yeah, yeah. Believes that right that he's been yeah. carrying this, and we're watching this yeah. process. Yeah. Of him unpacking it himself and and yeah. his decisions. Yeah. And what, what I mean, I'll I'll be a little personal yeah. here. I when I I was ten when my parents divorced, okay. and I felt that very profoundly. It's one of those things that you you can look back on when you're an adult and realize, no, it was the best thing. If they'd stayed together, it would have been even worse and horrible for everybody. And and what issues we all have are healthier for not having them persist, right, past a Absolutely. certain point. Yeah. And then I watched Mr. Nobody and realized, no, that's kind of what this is about. But I didn't see it the first time. Like, I know yeah. myself so well, but I missed it. I just, yeah. you're, I was you're right. To you're it. right. Cause I've only seen it once and I couldn't trigger myself back to what you're thinking in terms of the trauma. But now I remember the train and yeah. All that. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a similar effect in my life uh, when my parents separated, but it was actually reversed. First I was like, no, this is for the best. You know, I was actually relieved because it would be more functional for both of them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was the best, happiest route for all of it. And then later I guess when you get older, you have the opposing thought. Like you did, you had the other one first and the other one later. Yeah. But yeah, you think like, yeah, that, that movie definitely made me think. It's, it's, it's all about fate, kind of bringing it back to 2067. I think it has a lot to do with the, the idea of fate as well. Mm-hmm. And um, the, there's something, I think it's Plato, one of Plato's theories. It's the fork in the road. And, it, and it's points in life when you can clearly, vividly see that one choice is about to you know, extremely taking on an extremely different course than the other. And you just choose from the two. It's, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. For me, it's always been post facto. I only ever realized the moments after the fact. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Which I think is probably a good thing because if I thought about them in the moment, I wouldn't do anything. Hey, totally. I freeze. I'm the worst with decision making. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the worst. Can't do it. 
Yeah. Well, we can talk about uh, 2067 a little bit in that context, though, because it is mm. about someone who is put on a journey to meet himself in a fairly literal and also philosophical way uh, with the time travel yeah. gimmick being just an excuse, right? Because ultimately yeah. it's a long conversation between two characters about what to do and what not to do. And what that's, that was the gamble. Uh, and you've, you've said, I just already cut you off, but you've said it because no one else said it today is that like, I'm reading the script and I'm like, man, this is all, first of all, just going to be so challenging because of the amount of dialogue there is. And it's not, like usually if it's a western or something you're talking about you know we're going here this is the intent and there's that but in this it was sci-fi gibberish so i was like man he's talking about reactors and freaking compression switches these are <laughs> going to be so hard to like memorize all this stuff but um i just brought it back to the intention of you know what it's all about to to, to pull that off but you're right it is literally not to make it sound boring because there's a, so much more that goes along with the entertainment of this but it is literally like a big conversation about what to do and to yeah. think about putting yourself in the situation that he's in. It's, it's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. But yeah, I mean, if you, if you obviously put the fate of the human race on a character, that's going to be interesting on its own. That's going to be a reason to, to follow his decisions. But mm-hmm. the thing that really struck me about this is that the balance between what your character is doing and what he wants to do is sort of the same as when you mentioned when when Mr. Nobody came up as an option it's like oh of course it makes perfect sense it's about the yep. the crushing weight of a decision absolutely and that yeah yeah true there is a, there's a lot of parallels maybe that's what kind of drew me to this because because of the because of stories like that um but yeah I mean that's that's always that can be an ongoing discussion forever and I guess we'll never know if, if it's what's the saying if it's fate or Oh, free will or destiny. Yeah, fate or free will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's strange that one, but of course, in this story, it brings up the idea of also selflessness and selfishness. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's it's scary to think that in his circumstance, it could be considered selfish to simply want your life, want your life back, want to be with your wife, want everything that brings you joy. You know. Yeah, it's it's very very scary, um, but hopefully it kind of, in a macrocosmic way, can express the selflessness that this world kind of needs. You know, when we, I mean, maybe what causes us to be so ignorant towards the awareness that the that Mother Nature needs and nature itself, um, it's because we're so comfortable. You know, within our little fantasy, within the little house that the government you know, gives us in the job and the, you know, I think it's because we're comfortable. So, um, yeah, hopefully that, that, that gets across too. But I think overall it'll just, I like to be a part of movies that will not only entertain you, but that will spark discussion, spark curiosity within you and uh, possibly, you know, change the fate of every little human seeing it. I mean, that's such an amazing thought to me that it's much like, a, it's like a fractal. It just keeps going and going and going that, you know, statistically a good handful of people that see this movie will think about the world and themselves in a different way and possibly carry themselves different to a different fate. That would be nice. I mean, we yeah. could use, we could just use more inspiration in general. Um, yeah. And it is kind of amazing too, that you have the, the, I don't know that the word luck can be applied to anything that happens in 2020, but the idea that there's a film right now about people who have to wear masks or they'll die. 
that opens up into a larger conversation about personal responsibility and other things we need to do for each other. I mean, it is kind of the right time for that. I know. Seriously, it's, it's so eerie to me. It couldn't be a better time. Um, yeah, it's just shocked us all. I've been speaking to the director, recently saw him. Um, and you can imagine just the conversations that we've had because it's just like we didn't, we didn't plan any of this. You know, nothing like that was happening when we were shooting of course. 2067. I don't think maybe, I, don't, I think the fires in Australia were just beginning maybe. Like oh. it's, it's, it's crazy how it's all come to fruition. But at the same time, you know, like I'm somewhat not shocked that it happened. You know, uh, something, our, our lifestyle mirrored this movie within my life. Um, but I just didn't think it would be so quick, but yeah. hopefully that's a, that's, I think that's a great factor for the movie in terms of press and, you know, just, yeah. 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 It's a good hook. I mean, it'll get it, it out is. there. And also, I mean, and sure. I, you know, even without that, there's also the fact that we were talking before we started recording that the last time we met, you were in the road. So is it you? Are you just doing this? Is this, is this a Mr. Nobody situation is my question here. Yeah. Are you making it happen? Cause you could stop. Honestly, honestly, I have thought about this so much. There are so many <laughs> parallels. There are so many parallels between the movies that I've done and my personal life. Um, the two is obviously one is the apocalyptic thing. Mm-hmm. You got the road, then you have Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and then you have literally X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> And then you have 2067, and I swear, oh yeah, Young Ones is the oh, world. That's true. That Netflix, counts. Mad Max, yep, on the brink with no water. Um, it's crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing to see how Apocalypse can can go so many diverse different ways. I love that too. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just it, it's I, I never consciously chose to do apocalyptic stuff, but I chose to do stuff that's meaningful. So I guess what my heart is telling me is that the most kind of something that can draw a lot of meaning out for people and and make them look at their life is to take it all away. Yeah. I mean, it's also, I think if you're not thinking about it on some level in the last decade, you're just not paying attention. The, the, the sense of a a very delicate future has been weighing on us for a while. Impending doom for sure. It feels very fragile, the state of the world. Um, And like you said, you're either, yeah, you're on one side or the other, trying to tell the world and trying to do something better or somewhat ignorant of it and and living in your kind of fantasy. But, uh, you know, I can't take part in in protests or any of that stuff. And I don't want to be too vocal as Cody Smith McPhee on my Instagram because that's when these days it's so fragile that you can get canceled. So I would rather, I'm, I'm grateful that I can actually express those messages through the vessel of a movie, through the vessel of a genius writer or director and uh, kind of be protected by that. But I really do hope it, it kind of festers in people for the better. Yeah. And, and you said you were exploring surrealism in film for your own inspiration purposes. Are you looking to work in that field? Are you hoping to, to make your own definitely, film, make your own statement? Definitely. I would love to start with a short film, um, just to kind of, you know, take the steps humbly because I've, I've observed directors my whole life and I've seen the stress that they go through creating a real, you know, film, whether it be indie or franchise. Um, so I'd love to take on a, a short film. And yeah, yeah, I definitely have a lot in me that I've, I want to express to the world. I have a lot 
um, that doesn't even come with words, like just 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 visually, just uh, imagery and, and things like that. That's where the surrealism comes into it. Like some of Salvador Dali's paintings, they they gave me a sense of like in my waking state, being mm-hmm. as close to what it feels like to be in my dreaming state. Um, so I think that is even easier to pull off through film um, with, you know, the, the special effects and things that we have these days. Um, so yeah, I would love to do that, but I just have so much going on in my head that I don't know. Yeah. I don't know necessarily where to start sometimes, but baby steps. Yeah. I think mostly I'm just really still a sponge and taking in imagery and what directors have already done, what's already been done, um, and how to reinvent that. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in like everything has already been done but it's simply reinvented, even if it's been done cognitively or not. Um, So I think I'd rather know what's out there and and consciously do something different, but the same. Yeah. Well, I think of it like an accent, right? Everybody can do Shakespeare, but not everybody does it in the original intention. You can come up with Americanizations. There are great French adaptations. You can do Mm -hmm. what you, you can recontextualize it, but you can find a way to make it your own. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, start with a short film. Cause I, I see a lot of the context of like the short films and I'm kind of confused sometimes not to talk down on them, but like, I know it's just about pulling something off and, and the experience of the creative process and getting it on screen and stuff. But it's just like, there's never any body to these short films, you know, it's like an ending that's, I don't know, it's not enough for me. So if I can fulfill that for me, not for anyone else, just for me. I know that it would, it'll do it for other people as well. And um, it would be a good launch into, you know, possibly making a, a feature film. All right. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean about the shorts. Sometimes they're statements and sometimes they're calling cards. Yeah. I don't but, know. It's confusing, but I guess I just don't know enough about that, that world just yet. I might experience the same thing, but I get to the end of them sometimes and I'm like, what? You know, it's just the, just the, sometimes it's the cop out of just like, you know, oh, they wake up and it was just a dream. It's like, ah, oh, we, we can go deeper with, with the 30 minutes that we have. Yeah, we can absolutely do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My thanks to Cody Smith McPhee, whose new film 2067 is now available on digital and on demand. Thanks also to Suzanne Sheridan. She knows what she did. You can find Cody on Twitter at Cody Smith McPhee, all one word, no hyphen. And you can find Mr. Nobody on Blu-ray and DVD from Magnolia in the U.S. and Entertainment One in Canada. It's also available on Apple TV and Google Play and streaming in the U.S. on Magnolia Selects, Hoopla, and Tubi. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at nowtoronto.com, where I'm hosting a bunch of podcasts these days, and also writing about film and television. And you can find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at someoneelsesmovie.com. Our theme song is by the last year. If you like it, or the show in general, say so. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you've been enjoying us. Every little bit helps, it truly does. And check out the other shows on the Frequency Podcast Network while you're at it. But for the most part, stay inside, watch movies, wear a mask if you go out. Think about all the futures in which you don't get COVID. I'll see you next week. (laughs) 